love or lust? Which one truly is our innermost being position? This is what we will look at and unpack over the next few pages. Question, how would you truly answer this question? How do you truly know? What are our lives clearly demonstrating? I want to start by clearly defining what love and lust are. These positions are not the same at all. They are two very opposing or opposite innermost being positions. We will either operate out of one or the other, and as his followers, it is essential we operate from love. Let's start with love. When we talk about love, the context we are referring to is his love operating in and from us. We are referring to a love which is patient, kind, not jealous, does not brag, is not arrogant, doesn't act unbecomingly, doesn't seek its own, is not provoked, doesn't take into an account a wrong suffered, doesn't rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with truth, bears all things, believes, hopes, and endures all things. This is love. This, of course, is the love of heaven, the love of the Father, the incorruptible love that we can have operating within us and from our innermost being. 1 Corinthians 13, 4-7. Ephesians 6, 24 says, Grace be with all those who love our Lord Jesus Christ with incorruptible love. This is this love. John 17, 26. And I have made your name known to them, and will make it known, so that the love with which you have loved me may be in them, and I in them. This is this love. John 15, 12. This is my commandment, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. This is this love. We can see from these three passages that there are different aspects of the process of us coming into love and being able to love and have love as our innermost being center. Within these three passages, there is a process of how we come to know his love. John 17, 26. There is a commandment we are given by Jesus to be able to love like him. John fifteen twelve, And then there is the affirmation for all those who do love Jesus with his incorruptible love. If we love Jesus with this incorruptible love, then we will also love one another and a lost world. The key to this becoming our reality is in John seventeen twenty six. If we are not in the process of John seventeen twenty six, then we will live from lust and not love. Jesus says to his Father that he has made his name known to them and that he will make it known to them. There is to be a knowing and a continuous knowing of the name. Jesus and the Father are one. So all of eternal life is contained in the name Jesus Christ. Just before this, Jesus is asking the Father to keep these men in his Father's name, the name which you have given me. John 17, 11. Holy Father, keep them in your name, the name which you have given me. Luke 1, 31. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. This is the angel Gabriel talking with Mary about the name of the child. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to Jesus Christ. Within the Christ, the Messiah, 
is eternal life. If I know and are coming to know Jesus Christ through the revelation of the Spirit, then I will have the life of Jesus and eternal life being built, formed, and established within me. This is the outcome of knowing Jesus Christ, his life in me, because Christ in me is the hope of glory. We're going to look at the below passages for a reference for the eternal life in the name Jesus Christ. Hebrews 1, 2, and 3. In these last days, he has spoken to us in his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the world. And he is the radiance of his glory and the exact representation of his nature and upholds all things by the word of his power. Colossians 1, 15. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Matthew twenty-eight eighteen. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth, me being Jesus Christ. In making his name known, we are coming to know the person. In coming to know the person who is the way, the truth, and the life, we receive and are recipients of an eternal life within us. This is what it means to have Christ in us, the hope of glory. All life, power, authority is in the Christ, the word of God. The real shame is that many think coming to know the name is coming to know all the names of God and what the names all mean intellectually. If we think we know this, then we are in what the Father and Son are referring to. This, unfortunately, can't be any further from the truth. Knowing this information is not wrong, it's good and helps give us a bigger mental understanding of who God is and his attributes. While outside of Revelation, once again, this is just mere head knowledge. We will know if we are coming into life that is in his name because we will have and be having the love of heaven being formed in our innermost being place. As Jesus makes the name known, we receive his love in us. As he continues to make it known, we receive more of heaven's love in us. John 17, 26. This is what John meant when he wrote 1 John 2, 5, when he said, But whoever keeps his word, in him the love of God has truly been perfected. As this divine work of the Spirit is occurring, we find ourselves being fully capable and able to live out the command of John 15, 12. This in turn affirms the reality that we are abiding in the true vine because we have the fruit of the vine or the Spirit being formed and produced in and through us as John 15, 5 and verse 8 speaks of. Verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Verse 8, my father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As mentioned, this is the process for love to be formed, built and established in our innermost being place. So love comes forth from us and no longer lust. Once again, this is the incorruptible love 
that Ephesians 6, 24 speaks of and 1 Corinthians 13, 4-7 speaks of. The question then remains, what is lust? Lust is commonly mistaken for something it isn't, or only categorized in the context of something sexual. Example, he lusted after her in his heart. Lust is far greater than this. Lust is anything to do with selfish, self-centered gain or ambition. Lust is the insatiable thirst of the demonic flesh which needs appeasing and satisfying. Lust needs its pound of flesh to be able to function or live. Lust is incapable of love and only knows how to do what it does to receive what it requires. It will never place itself in harm's way for others like love does and it is incapable of losing itself and laying itself down without any conditions or guaranteed outcomes. Lust doesn't think like love and never considers others ahead of itself unless for some form of personal gain or satisfaction. Lust never ever contemplates the things love does and it only has one agenda and motive, self-gain and gratitude. 1 John 2.16 says, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. Jude 1.16 These are grumblers finding fault. Following after their own lust, they speak arrogantly, flattering people for the sake of gaining an advantage. James 1.14-15 but each one is tempted when he is carried away and enticed by his own lust. Then when lust has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and when sin is accomplished, it brings forth death. We can see from these three passages how destructive lust is. If lust is allowed a place and position in our hearts, then we will find ourselves being controlled by it, and our lives will reflect this inner reality and dimension. I want to look at James a bit closer and see what we can see. But each one is tempted when he is carried away and enticed by his own lust. Let's start with the words, each one is tempted when he is carried away and enticed by his own lust. There is not one single person who isn't confronted with the reality of lust because every single person is born in lust. Once again, lust not being a sexual desire, but lust being the need for self to have its insatiable hunger and thirst met and satisfied at every turn. Lust is a common dilemma for mankind, period, and it must be crucified by the power of God. Otherwise, when it is conceived, it gives birth to sin, and when sin is accomplished, it brings forth death. We can see from this that lust and sin are different, but are interconnected as sin comes forth from lust. This means if we deal with the nature of self, lust will die and sin will cease to exist and dominate people. This will empower us to live by faith in Christ and no longer be held in the power of self. What a powerful reality this is, to be released and no longer controlled by lust so we can be controlled by love. This was Paul's living testimony. As Saul, he was controlled by lust and the power of lust, but as Paul, he was controlled by love because he was crucified by love. Galatians 2.20 I have been crucified with Christ. 2 Corinthians 14 For the love of Christ controls us. The synergy of these two passages is breathtaking. 
they are written to different churches and Paul uses different wording, but ultimately he is saying exactly the same thing. Let's write out both passages and within them we will discover the crucified dimension of lust, the receiving of love and the ability to now live by faith in Christ. Galatians 2.20 I have been crucified with Christ and it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself up for me. 2 Corinthians 5, 14-15 For the love of Christ controls us, having concluded this, that one died for all, therefore all died. And he died for all, so that they who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and rose again on their behalf. We can see from both verses that Christ gave up his life to free us from the lust of self. Christ being crucified opened up the way for his power to come through the resurrection and crucify our will. So I can be free to no longer live for me, but for him. It is in what Jesus accomplished through the death and resurrection of his life that I now get to enter into oneness with him, which starts at my own crucifixion of my will. He saves or justifies my spirit through power, and then he goes to work on my soul, starting with the crucifixion of my will. As my will is crucified by the word of God, his power, Jesus Christ, it ceases to exist, and I am free from the source of self, and I now have a brand new source called love. Love through God's power has established itself in the inner core of my very being, replacing and removing lust. I now have a brand new root source, love. I have been freed from the power of lust and now have the power of love as my new root system. The key is to realize that my mind still needs to be completely renewed by the Spirit and my emotions are to be defined by His truth in me. The combination of my will being crucified, my mind constantly being renewed and my emotions being defined by truth empowers my body to physically demonstrate Christ-likeness and fulfill the law of Christ, love. This process is called sanctification, the complete salvation of my spirit, soul, and body. The sanctificational process is achieved through the spirit and faith in the truth, 2 Thessalonians 2, 13-14. If lust is not arrested and apprehended in this way of sanctification, then we will experience the second aspects of James 1.15, where it says, Then when lust has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is accomplished, it brings forth death. This, of course, is spiritual death, but the despair of spiritual death through the entanglement of sin can cause people to take their own lives as they see no hope and no point to living. This is obviously an incredibly sad reality, as in Christ there is an abundance of life. Love is the greatest because love is pure, powerful, and restores all things back into original order and life. When love is implanted into our innermost being place, we will never be the same. We will be internally, eternally altered and will continue to be changed and transformed the more love is perfected in us. Ephesians 3, 14-19 says, 
For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in the inner man, so that Christ might dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. This is one of the most powerful prophetic promises in the scriptures, the promise of knowing eternal love, how deep, long, wide the breadth of the Father's love in us, so we are filled to the fullness of God within us. This is what it is to be rooted and grounded in love. To have love as your new root system and not lust is a miracle on its own. This is all a work of divine power of the Spirit, as Paul declares, to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in the inner man. This isn't something we intellectualize or something we fake till we make it, but a reality we experience through within us being of this divine resurrectional power. This is the only way to have an incorruptible love implanted within us so we can live from this love and be perfected in love continuously. 1 John 3, 23-24 says, This is his commandment, that we believe in the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as he commanded us. The one who keeps his commandments abides in him, and he in him. We know by this that he abides in us by the Spirit, who has been given to us. Anything less than this, and we are not able or capable of living as Jesus lived, because we don't have the necessary life source within us to be able to demonstrate divine wisdom, love. Only when we receive the impartation of love through power are we able to be partakers of Christ and the life he lives. We must be being continuously perfected in love for us to go the distance, live as Christ, and finish by faith the race that is set before us, finishing well. 2 Timothy 4, 7-8 I have fought the good fight, I have finished the course, I have kept the faith. In the future there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will reward to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Love loves purely on the basis of what it is, love. It isn't based on anything else but itself, love.